This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Uh, thank goodness and Greyhound, it's Friday, by golly. And uh, um, here we are. We've passed the first week in the month of February, and we got through it okay, and we're moving right on down the line. I guess Johnny Cash would say something like that. This is Professor Ward Scott in the Warthog Man Cave, the Manly Command Center, inside the Meldon Law Studio. Our great supporter, Jeffrey Meldon and Meldon Law, 352-325-3938, or the chat uh, here on Facebook. And um, anywhere else you might be able to find us if we haven't been uh, violating community standards, which evidently we haven't yet, but you never know. They double back. They go back in several shows and sort of searching. That's kind of weird. They're time frame so we'll just always keep delivering what we can to you and um honest frank truthful ways let you make up your mind about it and do as you please and uh it's your world as we used to say and i'm just a professor here in the uh warthog man cave classroom so speak uh well golly you know the stranger things get the stranger things get here in the city of gainesville which i always have to come back and talk about a minute um but before I talk about them, I want to give the, uh, a great shout out, just uh, absolutely a great shout out to the University of Florida Lady basketball team who bumped off. I think they were ranked fifth in the country um, in, uh, in lady basketball rankings and Florida beat the tar out of them yesterday. And if you haven't seen this Lady Gator basketball team, you are missing an exciting event. Uh, these young ladies can really play the game. And they are very fast, very athletic, and they've got a great coach who has somehow put it all together, got them to play together, play not only their individual roles, but work together as a unit and done it softly and quietly and firmly and uh, doesn't get angry, doesn't chew people out, doesn't get in their face, doesn't shout, and is always thinking. Uh, she's very high on my list of uh, way to manner and conduct yourself. Uh, geez, I'm really proud of her. I haven't met her personally, but friends have, and we we're trying to get her on the show someday. You know, right now, I'm sure she's busy with the season and accomplishing so much. We're hoping that the interim name uh, adjective is taken away from coach here very soon, if not already. Um, you just don't do the things that she's done without being a great coach. And, uh, um, you know, these young ladies now, um, they, they listen, far less than 1% of the uh, country's population is made up of women over uh, six four, six five, and um, you know. So you want to see athletic, great um, uh, uh, people in a sport performing, uh, and, and, and as women, and they are women, and and but they're just tall ladies, six four, six five, six three. They even had a lady yesterday, I think, on Tennessee's team was maybe six six. So. Uh, then we have the very quick guards who are tremendously fast. Uh, I, I, you know, they are as good in, as anybody you'll watch in the NBA uh, do what they do. Very quick, uh, very smart. Really, I'm proud of that team. So 
I went yesterday. We went uh, to see this team perform again. And uh, they got a couple more home games. They're giving the tickets away for crying out loud. Uh, $2 a ticket. It's, it's the best deal in America um, to see this quality of, of, of event. And I assure you, it's not going to stay that way because as this team builds its reputation, builds its brand, uh, as coach gets known, more kids want to come here and play with her, uh, you will see uh, that ticket price, no doubt, go up. It has in all other avenues of the sports here, much to the chagrin, particularly of the baseball fans. I've heard a lot of complaints about uh, the baseball tickets have tripled. Of course, they got to pay for the new stadium, which a lot of people feel wasn't necessary in the first place. Uh, but uh, that's the way it goes. Um, uh, so I don't much go to baseball. I go to the ladies' softball. I think ladies' softball is, once again, a tremendous event, uh, fast-paced, uh, highly skilled athletes, um, and uh, you, you'll enjoy yourself there seeing some high-quality athletic events. So uh, that's my little talk today about uh, what's happening in the world of, of athletics at the University of Florida. Um, in terms of the world of governance in, San, in, in Gainesville, it's just pitiful. Uh, I remarked uh, maybe a week ago, 10 days ago, I don't recall how I'd gone downtown on county business, okay? As a citizen driving in from Alachua, I don't go in to Gainesville anymore and I can help it. And I certainly no longer go downtown anymore and I can help it, unless it is to go to the Hippodrome, which I like uh, to patronize and support. And um, that, that's an evening and I prepare for that. I know it's going to be the parking garage. But going downtown on some legal business the other day in the county courthouse uh, where the clerk of the court is and all the records and all the, all the basic stuff is, you know, uh, um, probate court and, and uh, marriages and licenses, just the average everyday kind of uh, requirement of people to keep their lives in order coming from all over the county. Um, for uh, they come down and they're, they had they're slapped in the face with um, a sign that says you got to pay for the parking. That's one insult. There is absolutely no place where you didn't have to pay for the parking. The other insult is it assumes, uh, and this is the height of, 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 uh, of arrogance and, and, and intellectual blindness. Or just you know, you have to pay with the app on your phone. Well, let me tell you something. These people who come in from the hinterland of the county uh, to do whatever effort they need to do to county courthouse don't necessarily even have uh, a modern uh, phone everybody carries, you know, believe it or not. And so not only are they um, surprised by the fact they've got to pay, they're also surprised by the fact that they, in order to pay, they have to pay through the Internet. And uh, this is a very complicated procedure. And the entire arguments that I've heard have always been about the business owners downtown losing uh, customers. Never have I heard a single person state, now they may have, but I'm not aware of it. I've not seen in any of the information that I get sent uh, that anybody is advocating for that lady who comes downtown like the one I listened to the other day, who, let me just give you the, give you the story on her. It was a it was a it was a black lady who had whose son had died in Shands of COVID, but the son resided in in uh, Georgia, and um, uh, but the, the lady couldn't understand that, and so she had brought the 
deceased son's birth certificate saying, see, he was born here in Alachua County. But of course, the magistrate said that doesn't matter. He has to reside in Alachua County for me to be able to rule on your request. And um, so the, she, she, the, ladies, the, the, the old lady said, well, you know, he died in Alachua County. Well, the, the magistrate said that, that's not, that doesn't matter. Where did he reside? Do you have proof that he resided in Alachua County? Well, of course, uh, she said, well, he, has, he was staying with his brother, but his brother's now incarcerated, which was an interesting multisyllabic word that the lady used. And so I can't prove it through him. And this went on and on. So this, I'm not going to get into the personal details of this case, although it's public. Um, but I can tell you that, that uh, um, I, there is not a snowball's chance in the proverbial Hades that this lady had a phone that she could have used an app to pay for her parking. Uh, and nobody is advocating. You talk about, here is where real advocacy for minority people starts. I would be right there at the front door of how the, the boy named Lauren's door pounding on it, advocating for this old black lady to be uh, taken care of and be thought of. All this crap that you hear, about minority this and minority that is just crap because it comes from the high above Politburo of the city commission and the, and the theoretical, ideologically driven conversations. And I guarantee you they have never rolled their sleeves up and gone down to the streets and listened to the folks that actually are affected in a day-to-day -day basis like that which I experienced and have known about for a long time. Who is going to advocate for them? Who is going to say to these powers that be, have you thought of this woman? She's, she can't even get it straight in her mind that because her son died in Shands, which is Alachua County, he didn't reside in Alachua County. And, and um, you know, you're going to ask her to pay uh, on, a, on a phone uh, you know, with a computer chip. I mean, come on, dude. So evidently, this thing now is in abeyance. It hasn't completely gone away, but evidently business owners uh, came to uh, the city commission higher ups, uh, how the, the boy named Lauren and uh, the poodle and, and the, 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 the boy who can't remember where he slept last night. And, you know, I don't hear Duncan uh, advocating for these people. Um, so um, they evidently have bowed temporarily at least to the needs of the business people. Uh, but don't, you know, don't take it to, to the bank that they're going to keep that. Uh, because after all, they're driven by ideas, not people. They keep claiming that they're driven by people, but they're not driven by people. They're driven by ideas and power. And that's what makes them, uh, uh, that's what informs them when they make their decisions. They're not making their decisions, as I've said, as I've come to realize, basically a difference between a Republican and a Democrat, as near as I can tell, as I've experienced, is the Democrat works from the top down. The Democrat, and this is what makes the Democrat so dangerous, the Democrat has a theory uh, that everything must conform to or it gets challenged or woke or thrown out or labeled a, a, a threat, and everything must conform to that theory. The Republican really... Uh, reasons through the specifics and looks for a pattern and cautiously comes to a conclusion 
and then test it as a hypothesis. I mean, that I, I think is the sensible way to work through problems, but that's not what's happening. And further to complicate it, the Democrat is uncompromising about reaching across the aisle and incorporating some of the techniques that the Republican uses. And I'm oversimplifying, I understand, by saying Republican and Democrat, because there are some Democrats who actually do think through things, but they've been silenced by this hysterical left wing of Democrats. So uh, that is, is, is one of the big reasons why I don't associate with that party, is because that party is not governed by the sensible Democrats. It's, it's, it's governed by the hysterical Democrats. And I don't particularly uh, take, uh, take up with the extremists in the Republican Party. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me because I can see that they're the same way. Uh, everything must conform to their uh, particular uh, beginning. And uh, the beginning is quite often, at least to give them credit, you would think it's sound. They begin with a, 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 a literal interpretation of the Constitution. That's a good place to start. But there's so few people <clears throat> who adhere to a literal uh, 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 interpretation of the Constitution that these people who do find themselves on an island by themselves. So you have to figure out a way to convince people to come and visit you on that island rather than push them farther away from that island with just aggressive, uh, terse comments. And uh, that, that we don't have that either. So there, what I'm really speaking about, I guess, is a loss of statesmanship or diplomacy. And, and so you have to be careful about these people uh, in these extremes. Uh, um, and I, it, it, that's, that's, we have far too few in the middle, I would think. So uh, this parking thing is a good indication here. Local is kind of a litmus test, excuse me. It's kind of a litmus test of the, of the, of, of the way in which this city is governed. And we know we have a lot of other examples, but this, parking thing could be under the radar, so to speak, or under the attention of a lot of people who just haven't had a reason to visit downtown lately. Uh, and that's a good sensible reason not to visit downtown is to um, stay away from those because they are infecting even the parking uh, uh, with their ideology. So evidently it's been held in abeyance, but I, I, I don't really, I'm not ready to be, believe that they'll forever now, think of the expense of this. They're evidently going to have to go through, and, and these were all brand new. Maybe you ought to ride down there and take a look before they take them down. All brand new, fancy signs. Even as computer savvy as I am, and I'm not near you know, the computer savvy of our production team here, for example, on the Ward Scott Files, but I'm at least knowledgeable enough to know when I look at that sign that it's going to require some kind of uh, adeptness with the, your, your, your phone. And, um, and I know right away, I've got country folks right now who've got pretty good gray matter between their ears and they just refuse to use the phone in any way, shape or form. I can't even get them to use Google. Uh, uh, they'll just throw their hands up and say, here, you do. And, and these are people that are, you know, on tractors and things of that nature. Um, go to church, I mean, pay their taxes, but they just uh, stonewall stopped uh, getting uh, involved with quote unquote progress 
ever since, I guess, General Electric dropped its uh, slogan that GE progress is our most important product. Uh, that might be the last time that these folks uh, got involved with progress. They can't listen to the Ward Scott files because they don't know how to find it on the phone. There's a whole world of people out there who listen to me on the radio who can't find me on the podcast. The podcast is a foreign alien entity to them. They have no idea what I'm talking about. And these are, they, they, and here's the problem with that. They're getting shortchanged on information. They're getting beaten to death by the Democrat, who is darn sophisticated in the use of this apparatus and knows his way around it quite easily. And this is evidence in this sign crap going on downtown about paying for parking. Now, uh, th th this is really in many ways more indicative of their arrogance than is this GRU fiasco where they've run it into the ground. And we all have known, I'm on Clay Electric where I am, we all have known that Clay Electric bill, I guess is maybe as much as a, a third or four, you know, cheaper for the same power. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, I'm in the city of Alachua, but I'm on Clay Electric because I'm rural. Uh, the city of Alachua gets its power from two or three sources, a lot of which it gets from uh, 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 GRU. And the city of Alachua happened to negotiate, I'm told, because I don't know the bills in the city, in the city itself, uh, a pretty good deal with GRU for its rates, better than that which the people in the city of Gainesville get. And so, so far, evidently, the rates that are charged for the inhabitants of the city of Alachua inside the city limits is a better deal, ironically, than those inside the city limits of Gainesville. Uh, but fortunately, I'm not in the city limits. I'm in the rural out uh, uh, posts of the count of the city, and um, they are served by, for me anyway, Clay Electric. Uh, now, there are some downfalls to that. We don't get Cox. I, I don't care. I don't want it. You know. But a lot of people complain about it. They want a cable and this. There's no cable where we are. So we're, we're going totally off of satellites, totally off of lines, uh, off, off, off of a, you know, some other apparatus. But we're not going uh, uh, with that, that particular outfit. So um, we, we get a totally different electricity rate. And, Cox, uh, and Clay Electric is ranked number one in the state uh, in um, utility favorability or uh, you know, econ economic ratings. Um, you know, I'm running all kinds of power needs out here. I'm running uh, a deep well. I'm running cattle troughs, more than one. Um, I'm running uh, uh, a 220 hot tub. You know, I'm just running a lot of stuff. And uh, my bill, I'm telling you, is never, never near what far less is needed in the city. Um, so, you know, that's another item, of course, which is touchy. But whether you're going to be able to dislodge this group of, of, of buffoons who run the city of Gainesville remains to be seen. And more and more people are hitching their wagon to this Bilarski effort to be mayor because he knows where the bones are. He And if he plays it right, and I don't know how tough he is and how shrewd he is, and I'm going to go into campaigning strategy here in a little bit. But, you know, if that dude ain't sophisticated and mean and tough about campaigning, they'll chew him up and spit him out. They'll turn all of his positives into negatives and they'll blame it all on him that the GRU doesn't work. And they'll propagandize that out to the public and they'll end up, public will end up 
either staying home or not voting for a guy who knows the truth, apparently. So, but he better have, he better have his headgear on and his shoulder pads and he better be in shape because get ready to have, have be attacked up one side and down the other. That's the way in which it works. And um, just because you got name, rec- which tremendously helps, name recognition tremendously helps, it doesn't mean that that name won't be smeared. Uh, they'll call you a racist, which they've done to me. Uh, they, they, they'll, they'll do anything they right winger, which Keen or certain did from the public, from the school board, uh, which I'm going to get into a minute uh, in this Collier International thing again. Keep your eye on Tina Certain, okay? And keep your eye on her confusions about how a transaction broker works. I'm going to segue over to that story now, I guess. Um, there's, a, the, the, there's a very good article about this in the uh, Gainesville Sunset today. It's kind of a compilation of everything I've been saying since this story broke. It's all put together kind of in one place in a written form, and it's pretty accurate. And... Um, you have to take a look at Tina Certain, who says all oh, these guys are playing both ends against the middle. She doesn't understand what she's talking about, and yet she's up there stirring up trouble, is what I have been told. And so keep your eyes on her. Uh, keep your eyes on how she has dragged the school board into this, evidently. And uh, this business about the property, um, they, they apparently... They don't understand actually what they own right now, the, the school board. Of course, somebody asked me why the school board simply doesn't sell the property if they think they paid too much for it. Why don't they just sell it and get a profit on it? Because they would get more now for that property than what they paid for it. Uh, they don't understand that. Apparently, they don't understand the highest and best use. They don't understand transaction broker. They don't understand entitlements. Uh, nobody's going to use that property there without having entitlements because that is where people are going to move to. That's where people are going to live. And by the way, ride down some of these county roads and hang on to your false teeth and your bridges because they're going to be shaken out of your skull because these people at the county have not fixed a road and I don't know when. And they're getting worse as we say, much worser, and they're going to get even worser. And, and uh, they're, they're not even concerned about that. They were concerned about the window dressing, how it looked, you know, when uh, they saw the inmates cleaning the sides of the roads. They thought, oh, my God, we can't have people. This is Hutchison in that crowd. Uh, you, we can't have people coming into town seeing inmates cleaning the roads. And so they outlawed it whimsically as a knee-jerk reaction one day. Uh, on, the, on the dais without even polling or asking the inmates or anything. They just did it. And when they did it, the roads still have to be cleaned. And I told you that the roads are now being cleaned by county employees being paid county employee hourly wages and benefits. And the money to pay them is coming from the gas tax, which uh, you think would be to fix the roads. No, it's not being used to fix the roads. It's being used to pay the people to clean the roads that once was done by the inmates, which the inmates enjoyed doing. They got out of the jug a while. So we're not doing inmate labor the way Cool Hand Luke did it. And I know a hell of a lot about Cool Hand Luke because I know 
or knew Don Pierce extremely well, who did the time, who wrote the book, who wrote the screenplay and acted in the movie. So, and was a very good friend of mine and stayed with me quite frequently when he came to Gainesville and was an investigative reporter for Playboy and Esquire magazine uh, at, at, when he was with me. And uh, so where I learned an awful lot, by the way, about investigations and learn what it takes to do investigations. Don Pierce was excellent at it. I mean, he knew how to kick down doors, to look behind curtains. He knew how to get people squeamish and get them to say things. Uh, he just, he just, of course, he was a genius. Absolutely. One, you know, commit another one of these guys who could remember everything verbatim like Truman Capote. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and he lived in high into his 80s in Fort Lauderdale and on Whale Harbor Lane. So um, uh, a really, really good friend and, and learned a lot from him. So, uh, you, 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 you know, you've got to have your head on right if you're going to get into this world of politics. And you've got to be ready to do what you need to do uh, uh, to try to get your goal. And sometimes it's... Um, where are the free parking options, Janet Hunter? I don't know. There are none. I drove around downtown. I'm actually looking at face chat here. I'm a little bit behind what you do when you post. I don't know, Janet. I rode around all over downtown, and I, I that day it has sprung on me, um, and I could find none. Um, maybe on down the boulevard there towards where the old Sun Bank used to be, if you go far enough down there, but that's a long walk. And I'll guarantee you this lady that I – listen to in the probate court, uh, 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 you know, over her confusion, she couldn't have walked that far. There was no way she could have walked that far. Um, so that's another assumption that is arrogant and uh, misguided. Uh, and, and, and they don't seem to be able to uh, use their, their, their brains for something uh, other than just a form up there to separate their ears. I, I, I don't have much faith in their judgment at all. Um, in the Collier situation, uh, boy, there's a lot of strange things going on in there, as I've said. Uh, I did a pretty thorough job on that yesterday. Uh, the, the one thing that the Sunset article does today, written by a man named Henderson, uh, a pretty good article, he does elucidate a little bit more on the involvement of the school board. And in particular, I, my sources tell me the, the involvement of certain, Tina Certain. So, um, you know, I just have to check that out. We're checking that out. We're going to check out the veracity of that. Uh, we know that she did slam yours truly and Tim Martin from the dais. Um, I mean, you know, I don't mind being slammed. I mean, it's, it's good publicity. Uh, it's just like this Joe Rogan guy who uh, they're trying to, you know, um, the pot smoking hippie singers who are trying to kick him off the, the, the Spotify Um you, you know, it's all helped. It's all helped him. I mean, it's free publicity. And um, so, you know, if the pot smokers want to um, let me take you higher, um, get involved and try to kick off. And I did listen to Joe Rogan the other day. Uh, and he seemed sensible. Um, he seemed to be focusing on guests and what they're objecting to uh, are whom he selects for his guests. We had that happen here in the Ward Scott Files when we uh, had a guest, Peter Wood. Peter Wood is president of the National American Scholars Association and an anthropology professor at uh, uh, Boston University, I think, who was booked on my show by a booking agent in DC. Um, all I did was put Peter Wood in the title of the show 
Today's title, of course, is the bait and switch, which I'll get into the meaning of in a little bit, um, on the basis of his name appearing in the title uh, that they took down his show. Um, I think we've got a way, we've got it back up. Production, I have to remind me of that. I think we got a way, we got it back up, and you may hear it, but I, I would suggest you go back and listen to it. And if you want an example, uh, it's, it's titled Peter Wood. It's about all it says. Um, if, 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 you, uh, if you go back and listen to that, you'll be shocked to see that that was what they objected to as a violation of community standards. So um, the um, um, Collier situation is going to fester for a long time. Uh, I think there's a lot of lawsuits that are going to come out of it. Um, there's a civil suit already. Uh, there's some slander stuff that can be, can be uh, cranked up here. I know that Collier's has a very good attorney. Um, and um, uh, you, so you can take a look and keep your eye on it. Parking, as I said. Uh, hello, Jack Phillips. Uh, parking is a, 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 a problematic situation. Check it out yourself. Go downtown, see if they change the signs yet. That's going to be labor intensive to change the signs back. To, if they do it, they may just slap a bag over it. I don't know. But it's another indication of the fiasco of this commission. Uh, meanwhile, they don't know where the money is. They don't have any records to even let an outside auditing agent intelligently find the money. And um, they, uh, they, they just uh, are caught up in their own egos, apparently. So, uh, you know, I've been around the block quite a bit on governance. I've been, as I say, a city manager, candidate, managed campaigns. Uh, I'm the only manager to get, a, in recent memory, to get a Republican on the county commission, Sue Baird. Um, and I, you know, I can tell you that you're looking at the guy that got that done, okay? So if you don't like it, you're looking at the guy that got it done. And if you, if you do like it, uh, you're looking at the guy that got it done, okay? Founder and also develop strategy and the networking with the help of the key party, of course, and a lot of other people. You don't do it alone, but principally I stitched together the pieces to make the quilt. Right back on the Ward Scott Files, uh, stay tuned here. And we'll play some ditties to be back at the command center in just a moment. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction. Gators, Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Achtung, Achtung, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Mach schnell! At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. 
Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Oh, golly, I'm laughing right now because I've been watching the warthog come over and knock the guy off of his pedestal. And one of my good buddies who watches the show told me that he thought that that guy, when he got knocked off the pedestal by the warthog, used the F-bomb. And I was asking production about it here at the break. <laughs> and they said, oh, we bleep that out so we wouldn't violate community standards. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. In answer to Robert McDonald, I think you got a little bit of the issue confused here, my man. Uh, it's not an issue of who goes around and collects nickels out of a parking meter. It is whether or not there is free parking or paid parking. Uh, you know, the issue of who collects what is not in the equation, my main man. So let's keep it straight when we make comments. But it's your comments, so it's your comments. But when you make something, you can expect me to respond to it if I can pick it apart real quick. Uh, the issue is free parking or paid parking. And um, it's not whether you pay somebody to collect nickels out of a meter. It's whether you pay or you don't pay. The method of payment in this particular case, his assumption is flawed. Uh, no, people do not have phones. Take a poll. Before you say it, go out and take a poll and go out and find out. Just don't whimsically off the top of your head say it. I'm talking about people who actually have talked to me about the fact that they don't have phones and my own observation of those who don't. And all you have to do is sit down there one day at the town square and see the ones who come to do county business, not to eat, not to shop, but who come from the hinterlands, okay? Although I agree with Ms. McDonald that these kids, for example, all have phones. I'm not particularly looking at that group of people. I'm looking at the older people. Now, if Mr. McDonald's assuming that it's all kids, which it's not, parking downtown to go do government business, and I've never seen much of that, um, that's one thing. But going to do government business is what I'm talking about is uh, done primarily by the elderly people, all right? And then they're not all of whom, and you can do the percentages on this, come from the confines of the intellectual tower of the University of Florida. If you take a look, you'll see a limestone dust on a lot of these vehicles. Okay, having good discussion there. I like that kind of comment. That's why I like to look at the comments once in a while. Um, the... Um, Next thing I really am interested in, therefore, uh, maybe I can help you be interested. It is a COVID update. My God, does a man ever quit the COVID updates? Uh, a couple of things, because I'm still trying to find the truth of COVID, and it's not any absolute truth. It's a moving target. It's defined by what people need to believe. You know, as I said over and over, you can't prove anything you believe, so you're free to believe whatever you want to. Or find, if you have to have evidence, find what you need. Uh, if Mr. McDonald wants to say, hey, Kay, it's uh, about parking, going around picking up uh, nickels, well, I hope that he would base it on an observation or a calculation of the cost of that and then produce a conversation from it. But that's not necessarily what is going on there. There's a hidden agenda, and, and that is support of the government status quo, one could assume, or uh, uh, that that would have not been the conversation. So I'm trying to get around that type of thing. And, but here it is, one of the 
this is a, a, an, an interesting focus I'll share with you and let you think about. Um, who gets infected with COVID and who doesn't? And it's one of the great mysteries of the pandemic. And we haven't talked about that on the show yet. Uh, the infectious disease specialists are really interested in why some people just don't ever seem to get it. And they're in the same room. I got to tell you, the same thing was true of polio. I have a friend who had a sister uh, who got polio and he was right there as a kid in the house with her and he didn't get polio and she got a severe case of polio. And so many of us know entire households uh, have had COVID and I know of one right now, real close. And, um, and then there are people who are in the household that don't ever get it and they seem to have some sort of what? Immun immunity to this? So the immunology people have been studying this and um, the, the, um, have concluded that studies indicate the likelihood of becoming infected within a household once one case is positive is not as high as you might imagine. Um, so there's been an increasing amount of research devoted to this. Um, the Imperial College of London, for example, and this is in the New York Times article, Oh, and this is CNBC has been covering this, and you have to take the source into account um, and, uh, and, and evaluate whether it's filtered the information to you properly. But that, you know, you can, you're welcome to do that, as I do. Um, so I'm just presenting it for discussion and, you know, all, all fair game. Chats are fair game. It's all me. I'm fair game. So um, the new research that's been published suggests that people with higher levels of T cells, which is a type of cell in the immune, immune system, which you would have from the common cold, okay? If you've had the common cold, uh, you're less likely uh, to be uh, vulnerable to COVID-19. Um, this is a study of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which doesn't always result in infection. So a high level of pre-existing T cells created by the body when the body is infected with other human coronaviruses like the common cold, can pre help protect you against COVID-19. Um, it's an important discovery, but it's only one form of protection and the immunologist caution that you shouldn't rely on it alone. Uh, molecular oncology people have looked at it and um, uh, have been also curious about the very same situation uh, that has been noted as we get farther down the road and collect more data. And he's, they have said that the data suggests that these individuals have naturally acquired immunity from previous infections with, once again, again common cold coronaviruses. About 20% of common cold infections are due to coronaviruses. And, um, and, and some people maintain a high level of immunity, and some don't, from their interaction with the common cold. Um, the vaccination is, of course, widespread, um, but it's um, uh, also patchy in, in not only uh, countries, but neighborhoods and states. And um, the booster shots are widely employed and the vaccines, no question about it, have reduced severe infections and hospitalizations and death. There's enough data in there to know that. They're not 100% effective in preventing COVID, but they are tremendously effective in tampering it down. And we don't know how much time uh, it takes to, for them to completely wane and ultimately dissipate. Um, it is really also a question has arisen about a genetic factor. Um, 
is why uh, uh, people who are infected, one might have heavy symptoms and one might be asymptomatic. And like so many things, which I believe ultimately it all comes down to, is what are your genes? Uh, my mother, who lived to be 107 and a half, uh, didn't take any extra precautions about her health. Um, wasn't a fanatic about, you know, everything that came along and wasn't neurotic, just an average normal person um, who never got sick and never got anything. And, um, you know, I don't, didn't never, I don't remember getting the flu. I don't remember her sneezing. Maybe this is funny. I don't remember her sneezing very much. Uh, not, nothing, nothing like that. I never, I don't remember her coughing much. And um, she just um, kept on trucking. And I think, and every, the doctors have told me that it's the genes, that it, the answer, my, my friends, is in the genes. And, um, and genetic engineering ultimately promises so many things. But um, uh, there's been a lot of research on immunogenetics, which is essentially the relationship between, between genetics and the immune system. And, uh, uh, and now they factored in how that relates to the COVID-19 infection. infection. And there's all kinds of reasons why your genes uh, make you vulnerable to something and don't make you vulnerable to something. Um, that's not particularly in news, I don't think, in the medical world, but it is something they're looking at in terms of, of, um, of, of, of infection with this. And um, the infection apparently is entering through the people's nostrils. And um, uh, so is there any reason to believe that if you irrigate your nostrils and you uh, uh, do a, a, not, a not kind of what we call a nostril sinus wash, that you are monitoring uh, uh, the, 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 the cleanliness of that area where there could be susceptible. That's another study, believe it or not. Now, I've also had some people from the community uh, address me with um, the issue of how much it costs and whether or not the medical world is, is using COVID to make money. And by that, we mean charging for tests and charging for hospitalization to make up for shortfalls elsewhere. And there is Cameron Kaplan from Los Angeles uh, uh, has, has uh, talked about this. And, and, and uh, she, she cites some things that have gone on evidently in California. Um, there's, there's a sign there that she's referencing called free COVID testing. But what she found out when she went to get her four-year-old daughter's free COVID testing is that it isn't really free. We all know that. There are no such thing as free lunches. When you hear free community college education, free education, it's not free. You know, here in the city, uh, in the county of Alachua, uh, uh, you know, we uh, have 50% of the uh, property off the tax rolls because of all the government facilities, but the entire bunch of us pay for K through 12 education. Uh, we don't use it. A lot of it don't use it, but we pay for it. And we pay for it so that it can be free to those who do use it. That's an easy example to show. So um, you have a situation here where um, you um, have uh, health insurance and it's really the hidden uh, where they go get the money. She says that she received a routine letter from her insurance company summarizing what the insurance company paid for the free test. Uh, $1,140 a month for her daughter's weekly test. 
And so it came out to the, the insurance company's bill about $285 per test, uh, which was 20 times the cost of the at-home rapid test. But the at-home tests are, are, are sketchy. Um, so to finance COVID testing, and this is a theme that has been emerging as people have been sending me documents and things to look at, the finance COVID testing is being paid for by somebody. And it's being paid for by private insurance primarily because Medicare will only pay a certain amount. Uh, and that's it, period. And then the hospitals have to go eat it. They're doing that already with other things that Medicare pays for. Hospitals are eat, already eating that difference. So they're making it up, possibly, through billing COVID and the private insurance people. And that's where they make it up. Um, so there's a California law that's been enacted that requires insurers to pay for COVID testing without co-payments from patients. Um, that is also breaking the insurance company's back. Um, it comes out to a tremendous uh, annual basis. Um, therefore, testing for one child on an annual basis would be 13,000, according to this lady's calculations, $13,860 a year. And the state of California spends $14,974 a year to educate her same daughter in a public school. So um, this whole thing about uh, free testing is uh, not free. And free, just as if free college is not free, somebody's paying for it. Um, it is, um, is it one country that has really gone to an extreme um, that um, uh, is um, kind of shocking. I don't think it ever will happen here without a, a riot. Uh, but Austria, which is a Western democracy technically, is getting ready to mandate COVID vaccinations for its entire adult population. Um, and the uh, uh, New York Times article here suggests this was once an unthinkable move. Um, but in Austria, they might be able to pull it off. Um, the requirement is going to be introduced in three phases. So here it is. For those of you who are anti-vaxxers, this will really drive you through the roof. The government plans to send a letter to all Austrians and notifying them of the new rules uh, that will come into effect in mid-March. Then the police will start conducting random checks of vaccination status, including during traffic stops. How about that? People who cannot produce proof of vaccination can be fined up to about 600 euros, which is about 675 bucks. And those who contest the fines could eventually have them increased to as high as about 4,100 bucks American dollars. And the third phase of this, uh, there hasn't been a starting date set yet. Uh, the government would create a formal vaccination registry of all residents and automatically assess fines for non-compliance. And if the pandemic receded, this phase might never be put into effect. But if this pandemic takes off again and ramps up and is another form of the virus and it becomes, let's say, more explosive and more dangerous and more debilitating than any version we've had so far, you can bet Austria won't be the only country to do this. Um, so the polls have suggested even that many of the Austrians support it, but it's also had its backlash it's galvanized, of course, a lot of demonstrations and people who are against it. But about 76% of people in Austria are fully vaccinated. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is here. I haven't been keeping up with it. 
Um, it's, um, it's, it, it is what it is, you know, and, um, um, you know, the, that, that, that article pretty much, uh, uh, lays out the, the, the differences. Uh, one last thing, I, I don't know what my time is here, but I want to get into Eric Holder because you may have forgotten Eric Holder, but Eric Holder, hello. Okay. I got about 12 minutes. I got, uh, a production told me I've got about 12 minutes. Um, um, um. You may have forgotten about Eric Holder, but Eric Holder has not forgotten about has not forgotten about you. And this is how uh, this has been uh, fleshed out, and it's been fleshed out by uh, uh, Kimberly Strassel. And Kimberly Strassel used to be totally anti-Trump, and now Kimberly Strassel is one who's gone back and kind of completely done a 180. Uh, I think there'll be more of this as we get away from the present time on down the line. 10, 15 years or so, uh, perhaps, you know, many of us will have gone to the great beyond. But um, this has to do with, um, of course, the, I have to be careful how I say this or I'll trigger the algorithms, um, the elections, let's put it that way, uh, the, the debate over the, the, the elections. And I don't need to go much further than that with that, perhaps, but our voting rights, all right? And... Um, what Eric Holder did has now gone, they've now gone back and looked at it. And what's caused them to go back and look at it is what's just happened in New York. In New York, if you haven't been paying attention, um, the legislature there has rigged it uh, so that um, the way in which the districts are drawn uh, pretty much has balanced out the congressional uh, perhaps representation that the Democrats feared they were going to lose. And this is how it's happened. And I'm going to go through it with you and just let you understand that this is how politics works. This is why if you're, a, you're an Ed Belarsky, you better be ready to enter one of the bloodiest arenas, arenas you'll ever be in. Uh, it's one thing to be a bystander and watch and this and that. It's another thing to be in there. Um, you got a target on your chest. I got a target on my chest. You know, that's the way it works. So... When Obama, uh, and, and of course the Democrats keep saying that the, and this is their, this is their, this is their, uh, their, their, um, this is their church, this is their religion. They keep saying that the Republicans are passing election laws that will suppress the minority vote. That is their, because they know that card plays to the sentiment of people, okay, except in the downtown parking, of course. So in, 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 in 2016, um, Holder was uh, Obama's attorney general, and he started an activist group, which I bet you never heard of. I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't know about it. National Democratic Redistricting Committee. He started Holder on the orders of Obama. Now, Holder, it, you know, anyway, we know what the camel was like. All right. The National Democratic Redistricting Committee. And he did it because he said, uh, that the GOP had rigged the redistricting system to make sure it had control. Now, you know, we've got a case of gerrymandering. It's not Jerry, it's Gary with a G, gerrymandering with Corrine Brown. Uh, so both parties do it. And it's one of the prizes you get for winning. When you win, you get to set the districts unless they kick it up to the court and the court is all judicially democratic and they'll rule against the Republicans. And if you kick it up to the court, 
and uh, the court is Republican, which it very rarely is, it will rule against the Democrats. So you can't really trust the objectivity of the judicial world either. Even though we try to say that we're drawing districts to be nonpartisan, um, the courts aren't nonpartisan. We know that. So uh, I look at the Supreme Court, how, how partisan it is. So the Democrats uh, in the 1980s and 90s, they controlled twice as many state legislatures as the Republicans did. And when they were in control, they gerrymandered like crazy. And so Obama was so unpopular at one point that he lost, the Democrats lost a thousand down ballot seats over his tenure, over his presidency. And that began to give the, the Republicans a big redistricting advantage. And it was uh, very difficult for Obama to, to swallow. So he employed Holder to develop some sort of thing that would counter this. And uh, he began to litigate in the courts, the, the redistricting, uh, and try to seize back through the liberal courts uh, the power uh, of the Democrats by changing the districts. Uh, and he said his slogan, his public slogan, was that he was doing it for truth and racial justice, okay? And his public slogan was that the Republicans were racist, were undemocratic, and crooked, okay? Anything new? Anything new? This is what I'm talking about. He who controls the language and the narrative controls the minds of the people. So the Democrats branded themselves as good and decent and branded the Republicans. And the Republicans didn't, there's not, listen, why do you think they're trying to stomp the Ward Scott files out? Because at least we're trying to give a balance of view. If the Democrats made more sense than the Republicans, I would be reporting that. I mean, that's, that, and you, besides, you can challenge everything. I mean, if they were, I'd be reporting that. And people ask me why I don't have liberal, Hutchison said to me one time, I needed a liberal co-host. Well, they tried that with Hannity and Holmes and the show flunked. The liberals don't have anything interesting to say because people don't know they're not hearing the truth. People tune in because they want to hear the truth, okay? And, or, the, or one's uh, evaluation of what might be the truth. My evaluation of the parking meter situation is that it was thrust upon the people unsuspectingly. It did not, was not put in place to do, why was it put in place? Let me ask you that. Why was it put in place? What was the reason for putting it in place? Huh? It certainly wasn't to help people go to uh, downtown establishments, although that's what they said it was for, because they said that people were parking in free parking all day and taking up a spot that would have been taken up by somebody to go eat lunch. And the businessmen themselves came out and said that wasn't true. There you go. You got to figure this stuff out for yourself. And my opine is my opine. And you can go check to see if I am on the mark or not. So uh, because of this litigation technique that Holder has used, according to Strassel, um, the geo map, GOP maps have changed. And one of the most obvious places is in New York. And um, they've done it by uh, doing exactly what Biden went down. The devil went down to Georgia. What Biden did, he went down there and said, oh, my God, you know, 
this fall election, you better get ready. Hang on to your hats. These people are racist and they'll do anything. You know, this is a president of the United States is supposed to be drawing us together. Now, he ain't drawing us together. And Obama wasn't drawing us together. And Holder wasn't drawing us together. So he has set it, set it up to, to, to dominate the redistricting process, which then can change the way in which people make it through the maze to Congress. So, uh, you know, this is, this is a cleared the way, Strassel says, for a blue states to make a comeback and don't be so sure that the Republicans have got a slam dunk in the fall because of Biden, because the joker in the deck is redistricting. And, and uh, Holder, by the way, has never challenged any Democratic, any, any, any redistricting done by the Democrats. He's only challenged redistricting done by Republicans. Okay, there you go. The goal is not, the goal is not fairness. Always remember that in politics. The goal is not fairness. The goal is to win, all right? And the goal is to break every rule you can and take the chance that you won't get caught. And if you get caught, blame it on the guy who made the rule. It's about that simple. Meanwhile, I guess you know this. I'm going to end up with this. California, which I keep thinking because of an earthquake, will break off and float out to sea like Hawaii. Gavin Newsom has just ordered that all death row inmates in the country's largest death row in San Quentin State Prison be transferred to other maximum security prisons, and they shut down death row. Oh, boy. I, I probably am going to run out of time to do this story justice, so I'm going to get into this a little bit more uh, in the near future. Uh, I've got a lot of, of, um, of, 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 of experience with this because... I have a, a lot. I had a lot of friends who were prison writers, um, guys who were, you know, Don Pierce being one of them. Malcolm Bradley was another. Um, just really uh, very, very smart people. Uh, John Ricardo was another one who made a documentary called Yesterday's Man. Um, I know a lot about this stuff. So uh, I'll pass it along to you and you can do with it what you want to. Have a great weekend. Catch those Lady Gator basketball teams if you can and uh, enjoy yourself. Warhol Command Center out.